Hello, everyone, and welcome to what uh, we think is the Monday check-in, but it is on happening on Wednesday. We are relatively confident that it's Wednesday and not Monday. So uh, I am I'm Damon Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, uh, joined this morning by Greg Allen Pickett. The other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Glad to be here with you today. Uh, what would normally be our Monday check-in has turned into our Wednesday check-in. Do we tell them that it should have been the Tuesday check-in and we had a technological glitch? Yes, it was very close to being the Tuesday check-in. It was never going to be the Monday check-in this week because Monday it was Easter Monday. And so, uh, so the staff at the church had the day off uh, from that. Um, and then it was very close to being the Tuesday check-in, but there was a, a technical snafu, if you will. And so maybe it's the Wednesday check-in, maybe it's not. Maybe we just show up on Friday and do a thing. <laughs> Who knows? What we can tell you unequivocally is today is, in fact, Wednesday. That may not be the day you're watching this, but that is the day it is. It's also April 15th, which theoretically would be tax day. But mm -hmm. if you have not yet filed your taxes, fear not. They've extended the tax deadline until July 15th? Something like that. I shouldn't should say be that out loud because people... It's one of the summer J months. I know that much. Indeed. So here we are, ready to do our check-in. Yeah. Uh, and so, so the, the check-in is we'll do a little announcements. Then we'll do a scripture reading. And we just kind of preview the scripture that is for the upcoming Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday being April 19th, I believe. So, uh, so before we dive into that, Greg, anything that people should be aware of? A few quick announcements for you. Um, you know, our church does what we call the communion offering. We take a second offering on communion Sundays, which goes to benefit a local ministry partner. And so our communion offering for April is the Maryland Living Center, which is, uh, an apartment complex is just sort of across the street from our church. I'm pointing over there because I'm actually sitting in my church office. Mm -hmm. um, and Maryland Living Center works with uh, homeless and at-risk youth, particularly those who have aged out of the foster care system, to provide them stable housing and get them into permanent housing. And so uh, they are one of our ministry partners. They occasionally come over here and do cooking classes uh, in our church kitchen, that sort of thing. Uh, and what they've asked for us this month, since they are our ministry partner that we're collecting for, would be uh, things for the young adults who are living there, ages 16 to 22, um, to do to keep themselves occupied during this time of uh, quarantine. And so they want board games and puzzles and card games and that sort of thing. So if you're listening and you have extra board games or puzzles or card games lying around, bring them to the church sometime during the month of April. We will deliver them to Maryland Living Center so that their residents have something to do during this uh, quarantine time. So that is our communion offering for the month of April. Uh, the other thing, the other only other announcement I have, if you could call it an announcement, is just a profound word of gratitude, uh, both for our church who hung with us uh, through Holy Week digitally who showed up and participated in the Monday Thursday service and the Good Friday service through uh, the stay-at-home worship online option, uh, who showed up as well through stay-at-home worship on Easter morning, which was even more difficult because we had intermittent power outages here in Hastings. So thank you. 
Uh, thank you for making Holy Week holy uh, through your digital presence and through as well the feedback that you gave to the church throughout that week. The little notes, the cards, the thank yous, the texts, the emails, all of that. Thank you. And particularly thank you to our church staff and our volunteers who made Holy Week work. Um, Eric Nielsen is our tech and sound guy. He's a volunteer and he worked overtime uh, this past week. As well, uh, Pastor Damon and Steph Brader, our Director of Christian Education, even our office staff got in on it to make all of this work. So thank you. I'm just really, really grateful uh, to be going through this time with all of you. Uh, it's, a, it's a gift and an honor to be your pastor at this time, and I'm just grateful for our staff, for our volunteers, and for our beloved church. So thank you for making Holy Week holy. Yeah, they were, they were really, really lovely and very nice services all during the week. If folks miss them and want to check them out, they, are, they can find them on the church's Facebook page, uh, and we will soon be adding them, if we haven't already, be adding them to the YouTube um, channel for the church as well. So folks, exactly. we've already folks got can track this morning. stuff down. Easter morning's already up on the YouTube channel, and I'm working on getting uh, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday up there. So uh, we're moving content so they're in both places for people who uh, don't go out to our Facebook page can still find it on YouTube. So, right. So um, the joys of working from home is that um, you get to deal with your cat who's currently causing problems <laughs> on my table. I mean, if baloney made an appearance <laughs> our Monday check see if I can. on Wednesday, it might be appropriate. Hi, baloney. Doing things that she's not supposed to be doing. It looks like she's going after that ladle there. <laughs> uh, she, I think she was probably just about to check. Yep. Yep. There she yep. Is. <laughs> okay. Here, I'll set this. Ah! Here, I'll set that at the edge of the table, and then you can knock it off of the table. How's that sound? So, if I seemed distracted for a little bit, <laughs> that's why. All right. Okay. Well, uh, it's probably time for us to take a look at this scripture that we have coming up. Yeah, maybe we could open it with a word of prayer. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Loving and gracious God, I ask that your presence might be with us um, this day and all throughout the week, that as we continue to study your holy word, your holy word that has been studied for years upon years, that you might give us flashes of inspiration and flashes of insight, that we might use this as an opportunity to develop and to grow our faith. Uh, come and enter into our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture that we have for this coming Sunday is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, I believe. Uh, and this is a, a resurrection appearance of Jesus, Jesus appearing to the disciples. So, and it reads something like this. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Now, side note here, the word that gets translated as Jews could just as easily be translated as Judeans, which would be a way of talking about um, those in the area or the locals, right? Um, so disciples, having just lived through the death of Jesus, 
perhaps might be fearing for their own safety from the locals. So that's just another way of that we could read that. So, um, so they were behind locked doors for fear of those in the area. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails on my hand and in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you, seen, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Here ends this reading. Amen. So, Greg, what do you got? Wow, there's a, a lot to unpack in this one. And it's, it's interesting, Damon and I talked about this uh, as we were preparing, but this is one of those scriptures that uh, comes up every year in what we call our lectionary, our revised common lectionary cycle. So we're encouraged to actually read and reflect on this scripture every year, the Sunday after Easter, which means the folks that compiled that revised common lectionary thought that this was a pretty important scripture for us to be reading and reflecting on. And and I tend to agree with them. Uh, I think there's a lot in here. And, uh, and this particular year, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at it and sort of holding it up to, to what's going on in our current context. And what I'm reading is that Jesus, Jesus brings peace to the disciples while they're stuck at home, behind closed doors, and scared. And I'm just wondering if there's any current context we could relate that to, thinking about groups of people who might be stuck at home behind closed doors and scared, uh, who might need to hear a word of peace from Jesus. Can you think of any populations that might fit that description there, Damon? Uh, well, uh, let's see. So we have, this is uh, Bears are starting to come out of hibernation. So if you were a forest ranger, maybe just stay inside for a bit because they're oh, hungry. No. Uh, there, okay, I, there's, there's a, currently a pandemic. Ah, um, yes. <laughs> and people are stuck at home behind closed doors and justifiably scared. Um, and I think we all need... Uh, a word of peace spoken into our lives. Um, yeah. And if not scared at the very least anxious or looking, I hear a lot of people talking about looking into an unknown future, 
or um, there's a lamentation about the things that are being missed, the things that are being skipped. Um, so yeah, just the general, even if, even if I'm not, I'm not scared really for my own personal well-being and health and safety. Um, the sense of worry of you, know, what is this? What is this? What impact? What lasting impact is this going to have on uh, on our local economy, on uh, the jobs of the folks that I know and that I love, and uh, yeah, and all that. Just a, just a whole sense of unease, perhaps. And fear for those that we love. Um, yeah. That's that's a big one, and and I would expand those that we love uh, beyond my my parents. But I think about our, our church family, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm scared. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm scared for their health and safety. Uh, and so the first thing that I want to say today is stay home, please. <laughs> yes. Um, and and the disciples were locked away in that room for their safety, and so you stay locked away in that room for your safety. And it turns out. Jesus can still be present with you even when you're locked away for safety. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not just present, but Jesus is there with you offering you peace in the same way that Jesus showed up to offer peace to those disciples. Yeah, and Jesus, in the passage, Jesus shows up in a, in a very real way, right? There's a really, there's a heavy emphasis in, in the passage on the uh, on the physicalness, on the bodiness, the um, what's corporeal um, presence of Jesus, right? Um, that is, um, and so, so, so the, even when we are sort of locked behind doors or we've locked ourselves into our own anxiety, into our own worry, into our own doubt or fear or hesitation, um, Jesus still shows up and is uh, made known in very real ways uh, and in very palpable and tangible ways. Uh, I think about the the calls that our deacons and our mission committee are making to folks to check in on them. I, you know, there's you have sort of a list of folks who have volunteered to do grocery runs and that sort of stuff for people. Um, those are tangible ways, very real ways that Jesus continues to, to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, there's, there's a dual thing going on here. One, Jesus is offering peace to those who are feeling anxious or fearful. Right. Jesus doesn't just stop with offering peace. Right. And that's the second part of Jesus message to the disciples on, uh, on this day. Uh, he says, peace be with you. And then he says it again, peace be with you. But then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive now this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so there's a missional call embedded in this appearance of Jesus, this post-resurrection appearance of Jesus to the disciples. It's first, let me give you my peace. Be at peace, my children. Now go out in the world and be peacemakers. Go out in the same way that Father has sent me here to bring you peace. You need to go out and strive to bring peace to others. And that doesn't mean necessarily leaving uh, our, our quarantines or our isolations, but there are ways in which we can bring peace to others in this time, and that is our call. There's a clarion call 
in this particular passage about what we are called to do, which is to, to help bring this peace to the world. Right. Uh, and of course, Thomas, uh, who many have nicknamed uh, Doubting Thomas, which seems unnecessary because the passage very clearly says that he already has a nickname and his nickname is the twin, right? Uh, he misses that he's not in the room when the, when the call is given the first time, right? And, and so, he, but the next time he is there, right? Um, and Thomas is an interesting character. He's, he's called the twin. Um, uh, preachers may wonder, well, just who is his twin? And um, it's not, we're not told in the scripture why he was called the twin. Um, you know, could be that he, could be that, that Thomas is my twin or your twin or the, the ways that we act as people reflect the way that Thomas acts <clears throat> as a person. But Thomas is never really, he's never really chastised in the passage. Um, when, when Jesus shows up the second time, um, Jesus, Thomas doesn't say, oh, I need to, can I, can I put my fingers in your wounds, Jesus? Jesus just offers it to him. Um, Jesus just says, Jesus understands what, Thomas, what Thomas's needs are and just willingly meets those needs. Um, sometimes we can read uh, criticism or a slight rebuke of Thomas into that, that is not necessarily there, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that point that you made, Damon, that Jesus knows what Thomas needs and Jesus provides that for him. Yeah. Um, and so in the same way, when we're fearful or anxious, when we're locked away, either physically or metaphorically, Jesus knows what our needs are. And if we open ourselves to Jesus, Jesus will provide for those needs in the same way that Jesus provided for Thomas needs so that he could believe, so that he could. And, and then his belief is powerful. He makes this bold statement, my Lord and my God. And Exclamation point, it says. <laughs> and there's power in that statement. There's, there's really almost countercultural power. Thomas, to make that statement right now, a week after Jesus has been put to death by the Roman Empire, uh, that's 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 a that's almost a dangerous statement to make. But Thomas is ready to make that statement, and he proclaims it boldly. Um, and so, rather than uh, casting aspersions on doubting Thomas, let us celebrate Thomas's faith. Let us celebrate the story that that Thomas shares with us that Jesus will meet our needs when we ask. Um, and then, once Jesus has met those needs, we are called to boldly proclaim, "My Lord and my God," as Thomas did. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a very, it's a very rich passage, and and there's a lot going on in it. There's the you know Jesus showing up and uh, and breathing on them, uh, which of course evokes the Holy Spirit. It evokes the stories of creation and the, the breath of God. And uh, we talked about Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones a couple of weeks ago, and uh, those bodies. I came back to life when God when breathed into them. Um, so yeah, so there's yeah, there's a there's a lot going on here. So uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, I, and in the same way that, that Thomas needed a little extra in order to make that bold statement, the, the disciples, too, take a little while to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus shows up and, and, and breathes, breathes on them the, the Holy Spirit, brings his peace, and the disciples still don't quite get it, and, and, and it's not until uh, a few yeah, months later. They're still there a week later when Thomas shows up. Right. And then it's a few months later in the book of Acts where we read about the Pentecost, the birth of the church, where the Holy Spirit descends and there's little flames over everyone's head and, and they're, they're speaking in tongues, but can all hear and understand each other. And that's when the disciples are finally ready to go out and be sent and start the church in the world. And, and that's, that's a full month after this event. And so Jesus has to remind them that he's given them this gift of the Holy Spirit multiple times before it finally takes. And, I think that means that there's hope for me yeah. because sometimes God has to tell me multiple times what I'm to be doing. I think that means that's hope for pastor Damon. Um, and I think that even means that there's, there's hope for all of us. Right. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes it just takes sort of the, the reality, or not maybe not the reality, the meaning of a teaching to settle into a person. Right. That um, okay, this is this is what I've been taught. This is what I've been told. But what does it what does it mean? Uh, what does it mean for my life? And how is it going to shape and change the way that I think about myself, the way I think about others, the way that I attempt to live to live my life? Um, yeah, that that's <clears throat> that's a process involved in that. Yeah. Um, And Jesus walks with us each step of that process and reminds us or breathes the Holy Spirit on us when we need it so that eventually we, uh, we get it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then the reality is that we might need it again later in life uh, or even next week. Uh, And Jesus is there providing what we need if we open ourselves up to that. Yeah. One of the other things I just want to mention real quick is that this, this, this call from Jesus, that, um, as I was sent, so I send you, um, reminds me of this idea that oftentimes pops up in my head that faith is not a means of escape. Faith is a method of engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that, that it's not a means of <clears throat> isolating yourself from the world, though right now, please do. <laughs> um, it's not a way of isolating yourself from the lives of others. Um, it's a means of engaging in the lives of others, right? Um, so we talk about, I mean, this. we're trying to shift from talking about social distancing to talk about physical distancing. And, yes. and we want to maintain our physical distance right now from folks as much as possible. Um, but we still want to be uh, engaged with them in, in some way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. I actually wrote down that quote about faith is not a means of escape, but a mode of engagement, because that's going to probably work its way into my sermon now. Thank you. Yeah, a method of engagement. Method, method. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what do you think? Will it, will it, will it, will preach? Will anything preach in this, out of this stuff? I think think it'll preach. I think it'll preach. I was going back through the archives and realized that I let you preach this sermon last year. I didn't let you. I asked you to preach this <laughs> sermon last year. Um, you preached the Sunday after Easter, for which I was very grateful. Um, and uh, so, 
Yeah, and uh, you focused on uh, on this notion of so I send you. Uh, and I think that that may be a recurring theme in what we get out of the scripture. Uh, but the peace be with you is also one that I think is one we need yeah. to hear today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought it sounded familiar. I could have sworn. Indeed. <laughs> well, can I close this with a word of prayer? Please do. All right. Gracious God, we turn to these familiar stories and we give you thanks for they open our eyes and help us see and understand you in new ways each time we read them. Thank you for the opportunity to dialogue and for the technology that makes that possible. This week, Lord, let us be like those disciples who while they are huddled in an upper room, closed off and scared, are open to the presence of Christ among them and open to the peace that he brings and who take that peace and then turn around and go out and become peacemakers in the world. May all of us look for opportunities in the midst of this pandemic to be peacemakers, to be bearers of Christ's peace to the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there you have it, everybody. You can look for a Friday feature should show up on time this week. So you get to know who our guest artist is? Uh, it should be Louis Eckhart, unless something goes wonky. So, awesome. um, so yeah, so you can take a look at that, and Louis will connect this passage with a, with a piece of music, and we'll have a little chat about that before we distribute that to folks. So uh, otherwise, until next time, toodaloo.